Hi, I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and this is Arcana Advances. Follow along as we explore all renal research happenings at Arcana Laboratories. Hello, welcome to Arcana Advances, where we discuss exciting new research in renal pathology performed by our own physicians. I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and today we have Dr. Tiffany Kaza, who will be discussing her recent letter to the editor in Kidney International, titled Lipoic Acid and Neural Epidermal Growth Factor Like 1 Associated Membranous Nephropathy. More than a coincidence? Thank you for joining us, Dr. Kaza. You wrote this with Dr. Chris Larson here at Arcana in response to a study published by Spain et al. titled Lipoic Acid Supplementation Associated with Neural Epidermal Growth Factor Like 1, or NEL1, Associated Membranous Nephropathy. For some background, can you give us a brief synopsis of that publication? Sure. When looking at this study in Kidney International, they had a clinical trial of multiple sclerosis patients um, who were treated between 3 and 12 months with lipoic acid. And they had three patients within that trial that developed proteinuria and had NL1 positive membranous nephropathy. And overall, only about 4% of all comers of membranous nephropathy are NL1 positive. So this was a really substantial association. They found uh, two other patients in their glomerular disease clinic um, as well who were on lipoic acid um, with that connection. And so um, what we sought to do was to look at the frequency of lipoic acid use in NL1 patients as we've been testing for NL1 here at Arcana and had 115 identified cases so far with NL1 positive membranous. And we compared this to 50 cases of PLA2R positive membranous, uh, 50 cases of THSU7A positive membranous, 50 cases of exostosin positive membranous, and 50 negative for all of those. So get a sense of what the frequency was um, and hopefully add a little bit to the exciting study that was performed by Spain et al. Can you tell us a little bit about NEL1 and NEL1 membranous nephropathy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so NEL1, or neural epidermal growth factor like 1, is a newly identified antigen in membranous nephropathy. I'm found back in 2019, and this was described by uh, Dr. Sethi's group at the Mayo Clinic. Um, and we have been studying this uh, type of membranous as well. It's likely the second most common cause of so-called primary membranous nephropathy, second to PLA2R. And NL1 is not expressed in podocytes, uh, similar to PLA2R or thrombospondin type 1 domain containing 7A. We studied NL1 positive membranous and found that a third of patients had malignancy. And um, within this study, they're looking at an association with lipoic acid. So there may be some secondary associations with NL1 that you have to look for. Yeah, so this is really important because now when we say NL1-associated, people really jump to malignancy, which is important because those patients do deserve a full malignancy workup. But this really brings up a whole nother another cause for, for that that could be quite important in these patients. So you 
decided to look into these now one positive membranous cases at Arcana, and you did a really exhaustive review of medications in all these patients. And so tell me what you looked at and how many cases we had in the past here at Arcana. Yeah, I don't know if this is really exhaustive. It was a, quite a, a quick study, but we had 115 NL1 positive membranous cases identified here at Arcana, most from our clinical service. And then we included uh, 200 cases of other antigen types with 50 that were PLA2R positive, 50 that are THSD7A positive, 50 exostosin positive, and 50 cases negative for PLA2R, THSD7A, EXT, as well as null one And just looked at their medication list, including supplements as well, and made comparisons if anything was increased in each group. Overall, there were more than 150 types of medications represented. Wow. So that's a lot to look at all the medications that every patient has and compare those across those groups. So what did you find was increased in the NL1 patients? Uh, so in NL1 patients, there were uh, 15 of 115 patients were taking lipoic acid. And this was not seen in any of the other antigen types, so um, zero of the remaining uh, 200 patients. And when comparing other medications of the around 150 other medications that were represented, there were no other medications increased in the NL1 group. There were some other things that we found, like patients with exostosin-associated membranous were more likely to take hydroxychloroquine, but a lot of those patients have autoimmune disease, and that's a common medication used in that population. Uh, but nothing else stood up for now one patients. So that's a really striking difference in lipoic acid use. Did you also look into whether those patients were found to have uh, malignancy in their workup? We did. Um, so... From a prior study where we looked at 91 null one positive patients, a third of them had a history of malignancy. Um, of patients with lipoic acid use with null one nephropathy, one of those 15 um, had concurrent malignancy. So a lot lower than the than the published rate. And why were these patients uh, using lipoic acid? What were they using it for? So in our series, most the most common cause was diabetic neuropathy. From the clinical trial by Spain et al., it was for multiple sclerosis. Um, schizophrenia has also been an indication for lipoic acid use. Um, lipoic acid use is more common in China and other parts of Asia, and several clinical trials have come out of those countries, and um, interestingly, the rate of null one positive membranous has increased, and whether that's due to lipoic acid use or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but neuropathic conditions, um, for sure, are an indication for lipoic acid use. And how did the patients do clinically in your cohort um, from here at Arcana? So most of our patients had preserved kidney function and reduced proteinuria, and we found this overall with null one positive membranous that if they don't have cancer, they tend to do pretty well. So of the patients on lipoic acid, we had um, six who had achieved emission, four who had spontaneous remission, four with possible remission, and uh, five with no remission. Um, 
However, in the series of uh, lipoic acid-associated membranes from the clinical trial from Spain et al., all of their patients went into remission with discontinuation of the drug. And so this could be a reversible cause of membranes, and so I find that pretty exciting. In our cohort, we had no idea there was an association at the time, so the patients had not stopped treatment. And that's interesting that even without stopping treatment, um, a lot of them achieved remission. Yeah, overall, null one positive membranes uh, tends to have a pretty good outcome, and that's been reported in three different studies. So how does um, this finding change how you would counsel um, management of a NL1 positive membranous patient? So I think the most critical thing of a new NL1 positive membranous diagnosis is to make sure the patient does not have an underlying malignancy. A malignancy-associated membranous nephropathy is fairly common in NL1 positive patients with one-third of NL1 positive patients having malignancy. And looking at all comers of malignancy-associated membranous cases, looking at the converse, about 20% are NL1 positive. And for malignancy-associated membranous in general, close to half of patients don't know they have cancer at the time of diagnosis. So it's critical to do a very thorough search, perhaps beyond what is um, recommended by age in those patients. And now we know that we need to look at the medication list, but also ask the patients about supplemental medications. As lipoic acid is offered over the counter, it might not exist in the medical record and needs to be inquired about. Do you have any ideas about the mechanism of the association between lipoic acid and L1 membranes? I have thoughts, but they would be completely speculative. Um, Lipoic acid is an important molecule in that actually we make it ourselves in the liver. It's required for our TCA cycle and basic metabolism. And it's cationic, is involved in these electrophilic mechanisms um, when it's oxidized. And cationic compounds have been identified to interact with negatively charged components of the glomerular basement membrane, particularly laminins and heparin sulfate. I don't know as far as for lipoic acid if this is a mechanism, but there's other cationic compounds, including uh, cationic bovine serum albumin, as well as uh, mercury or gold, um, where you have positively charged antigens interacting with the glomerular basement membrane. So potentially this could be a mechanism. It absolutely could not be as well. So to summarize uh, your work, a recent publication noted an association between lipoic acid supplementation and NL1 membranous, which is known to be malignancy-associated in about a third of uh, patients. And you looked back at NL1 membranous cases here at Arcana and found a similar association in about 13% of our cases. So in addition to a malignancy workup, it may be prudent to ask about lipoic acid use in these patients, especially since this is an over-the-counter supplement. So thank you, Dr. Kaza, for doing this exciting research and for coming on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Arcana Labs for more exciting kidney news and research. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rebecca May underscore RP. Dr. Kaza, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, at Tiff underscore Kaza. Thank and thanks you so for much. having me.
Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.